Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SupChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. And I'm Ada Shen in Paris. Talk of trade war was eclipsed this week by Kim Jong-un's secret trip to Beijing, where the North Korean leader reportedly strengthened ties before planned meetings with South Korea and the United States. Here's your roundup. By the time you're hearing this, China's first space station, Tiangong-1, will likely have fallen to Earth, with most of the 8-ton spacecraft burning up during re-entry. China launched Tiangong-1, unmanned, in September 2011. The orbiting laboratory has been at the center of several milestones for the country's space program. In November 2011, the unmanned spaceship Shenzhou-8 completed China's first-ever successful space rendezvous and docking mission with Tiangong-1. Then, in June 2012, Shenzhou-9 accomplished the same feat, this time with a crew of three taikonauts, the Chinese word for astronauts, including China's first female taikonaut, Liu Yang, on board. Tiangong-1 was last manned in June 2013, during a 15-day mission by three taikonauts who lived on board the station in China's longest-ever manned foray into space at the time. Beijing's Peking and Tsinghua universities have long been heralded as China's top contenders for taking on world-class institutions such as Harvard and Oxford. But a recent ranking of Chinese universities has the pair trailing behind even some of the country's less prestigious institutions. The rankings, which looked at a group of universities that the government wants to be world-class in the coming decades, rated institutions on four criteria, including students' extracurricular activities and student growth. Tsinghua ranked 16th, while Peking University came in 21st in the study, published jointly by Xi'an Jiao Tong University and England's Liverpool University. Shanghai Jiao Tong University leads the list, with Fudan University, also in Shanghai, and Beijing's Renmin University rounding out the top three. Wu Xiaohui, the former chairman of financial giant Anbang Insurance Group, admitted to a court on Wednesday that he had been involved in a fundraising scheme that took in more than 723 billion yuan from illicit insurance sales. Wu faced charges that included fundraising fraud and embezzlement during his one-day trial in Shanghai. 
Early in the trial, Wu disputed the charges by claiming he didn't know his actions constituted crimes. But by the end of the trial, Wu had admitted his guilt and asked for a lesser punishment. Wu's sentence has not yet been announced. China will lower value-added tax rates as part of a tax cut package, saving 400 billion renminbi each year for businesses in targeted sectors. The tax cut, effective on May 1st, is the first since the VAT system was formally adopted in 1994. The manufacturing sector will have its rate cut to 16% from 17%, while the rate for transportation, construction, telecommunication, and agricultural sectors will be lowered to 10% from 11%. All of the measures will apply to both local and foreign-owned companies. Sunak, the Chinese property giant, that poured some 17 billion yuan into debt-plagued tech company Leico a year ago, admitted last week that its investment was a failure and has written off the losses. Earlier this month, Sunak's chairman, Sun Hongbin, resigned as chairman of Leico's listed arm, Le Shi, raising speculation that he had given up on his rescue efforts. Sun had criticized Leico's founder, Jia Yueting, for not knowing how to cut off a broken arm to save his life, referring to Leico's expansion into too many fields, which left the company short of funds. When asked whether he himself will be cutting off an arm with his Le Shi investment, Sun said, how can I cut off an arm when the head is already off? China's top policymakers have approved much-anticipated rules putting the country's $15 trillion asset management industry under stricter scrutiny. The rules will prohibit financial institutions from offering guaranteed returns to investors and say institutions must provide investment yields that actually reflect the performance of the underlying assets, among other requirements. Many institutions had pushed back against a draft version of the rules released months ago, asking for softer requirements. Taishin learned that policymakers may have extended the grace period for meeting the new rules to the end of 2019, from the previously set June 30th. China's massive asset management market has been plagued by lax supervision, excessive leverage, and risks from mismatches between the duration of products and the maturity of assets. The new rules hope to bring the industry under a clear regulatory framework and are seen as a key step to tame financial risks. China's central government has decided to set up its first court specialized in handling financial cases in order to plug regulatory gaps. According to the government, the new court is intended to help build a fair, highly efficient, and authoritative financial judicial system. China's regulators have long been racing to keep up with the financial industry's innovations, which have included internet finance and shadow banking in recent years. Chinese consumers already have it good with flying fast delivery service. But soon, deliveries could be even faster now that China has approved its first delivery drone license. That license has been given to a subsidiary of logistics giant SF Express. It's a milestone in a country that is a global leader in manufacturing and in using drones. The license means that SF Express can officially launch commercial drone deliveries. SF Express has been building a drone network since last year and has developed drone models that can carry goods weighing up to 55 pounds over a flight range of 62 miles.
Let's turn now, as we do most weeks, to Doug Young, managing editor of Caixin Global. Doug, an interesting time for Chinese IPOs, huh? Well, we've had a, a whole bunch of IPOs in just the last week, probably at least five that I can think of uh, in New York. And the two I want to talk about today are the, the two biggest ones, which both just listed uh, in the last couple of days. One was on Thursday and the other was on Wednesday. And, and of course, Friday is a holiday in the U.S., but the bigger of the two was a company called IQE, which, Kaiser, you may know because uh, it's connected to your former employer, uh, Baidu. Indeed, I do know them. This is a v- online video company, and they made their IPO, which I think raised about $2.2 billion. So it's quite a large offering, the biggest by a Chinese company this year in the U.S., And then the other uh, big IPO was another video company, which is a little more of a niche video company called Billy Billy. They listed on Wednesday in the U.S. They raised a a bit smaller. They they only raised $500 which is still a pretty big amount. But the common theme for both of these companies was that their shares didn't do so hot when they came out of the gate. Both of them finished down, and in fact, IQE finished down quite a bit. I think they lost about 12, 13%. So what's your sense of why things might have underperformed so badly this week? Well, there's a couple things. IPOs is always a tricky business. You're trying to read the market. You need to price these things, uh, you know, at a price that investors will accept. And ideally, you want to see the stock tick up a little bit, but not too much on the opening, because if it ticks up way up on the opening, it means you didn't price it right. And the company that issued the shares lost a big money-making opportunity because any upticks after the trading begins are going to be pocketed by investors, not the company. So you do want to see a slight uptick. It does look like in this case, both companies didn't read the market that well. And and like I said, in IGE's case, the stock fell quite a bit. Billy Billy, I think it fell like just two or three percent. Why? I think, you know, people are a little bit nervous about all the U.S.-China trade tensions. That that gets cited as a lot. Uh, And that's, of course, just a week old. Then the other thing is I do think these things tend to be a bit cyclical, uh, we we saw stronger demand late last year, um, and then it sort of petered out, and then it sort of has come back again earlier this year, but now it seems to be petering out again. So I, I do think there's a cyclical element to it. And in the case with IGE, you also have to remember this company is losing lots of money. Money losers are always a bit of a dicey proposition because, you know, everybody wants a, a profitable company. Okay, let's, let's move to another story uh, you've got for us. This one is about a Chinese car company pushing into Europe. What's going on here? Well, this is a, a fun story. Uh, this company called Geely, uh, which is one of China's biggest privately owned car companies. And, and some people might recall about seven, eight years ago, they bought Volvo. And there's been a strange relationship. You know, the Volvo is owned by the Swedes, or it is a Swedish company, sort of very practical you know, down-to-earth type people. And Geely had never seen Volvo as this sort of dependable, practical brand that, that Volvo saw itself as. They they sort of always saw Volvo as their future luxury brand because, you know, they are, they're good cars, but they just don't brand themselves that way. So there have been clashes going on about this whole image thing. And, and finally, the compromise the two companies seem to have reached is Let's form a new brand, and that'll be the luxury brand, but it'll essentially be Volvo cars, but with another brand on it. And the, the brand that they've given this new line of cars is called Link. 
uh, which surprisingly sounds a little close to Lincoln, and they're being sued by Ford, which owns Lincoln. But that's a whole different story. Uh, the story this week is that that Link is going to be debuting in Europe, which will be the first time any Chinese company has tried to sell a luxury car in Europe. Mark's sort of the first modern era attempt to sell a Chinese-made, Chinese-branded luxury car in Europe. And they're, they're going to build the link in Belgium, as I understand it. Right. Surprise, surprise. Guess what they're uh, building it at? They're building it at a Volvo factory. And that Volvo factory happens to be located in Belgium. And again, I, I haven't seen the, the specs on this. It's a, it's a hybrid SUV model. But I would not be surprised if Volvo probably has a very, very similar model that has the Volvo brand name on it. And, and surprise, they're going to just slap the Link brand name on this thing. And I have to say, that's not uncommon at all. A, a lot of Japanese cars often get marketed as Fords or, or uh, Chevys in the United States. And it's, it's an identical Japanese car. They've just basically slapped a U.S. company name on it. I think that's what's probably happening here. Does this say anything about the future of Chinese automotive sales globally, or at least in the West? Well, I think China's you know trying to go up the value chain. Uh, so this is you know a luxury car, and this is probably really one of the first major pushes by a Chinese company into a, a Western market. They've been more successful in sort of Africa. I wouldn't even say successful, but they've gone into Africa, Middle East, and, and South America. I think they did go into Australia, one or two of them briefly. The big problem with the Chinese companies is the cars are okay, but they're really bad in terms of after sales, service, and spare parts. You know, when you, you, you can't just go and sell a car and then leave, you got to sort of provide after sales service. So Geely, I think when they bought Volvo, one of the big things they were thinking is, all right, here's a good brand, lots of know-how, but also here's a good after-sales service network. You know, Volvo is, is in lots of markets around the world. Um, so by doing this link, selling it into Europe, they have the Volvo after-sales service network, spare parts, and, and so forth. So it'll have a much better chance of doing well than, say, some of these other Chinese brands. Well, thank you very much, Doug, and we will talk to you again soon, man. Okay. Thanks, Kaiser. That's this week's show. Thanks for joining us. Drop me an email at kaiser at subchina.com with your feedback. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is powered by SubChina and is produced, recorded, and edited by Kaiser Guo with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Thanks, of course, to Ada Shen. Special thanks to Li Xin and Tanner Brown of Caixin Global and to Spring and Autumn and Wu Fei for the music. Be sure to check out our current affairs show, Seneca, as well as the new GGV996 podcast on tech in China. And follow the news from China every day at SubChina. Sign up for our free email newsletter at subchina.com. Take care. <laughs>